Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. FanDuel Sportsbook is launching in Ohio. Ohio residents, FanDuel Sportsbook is launching in Ohio October 1. Use the link in the description to get an additional $100 in free bets loaded in your account when it goes live live on January 1st. Let's go. Profiler Faithful, it's your boy, Matty Kiwoom, and welcome to episode four of The Game Plan. The Game Plan is brought to you by PlayerProfiler.com, baby. In the month of October, Player Profiler is offering a $50 discount on the all-in package, a deal that just simply cannot be passed up. You can get access to Player Rankings, DFS Dominator, our Dynasty Deluxe, and the world-famous draft kit. That's not all, ladies and gents. The all-in package also gets you access to the data analysis tool. The data analysis tool is filled with metrics that will help you take your understanding of player performances to the next level. And if I may say so myself, it is a must for all fantasy gamers. So all you got to do, Head to playprofile.com, subscribe to the all-in package, and get access to the data analysis tool and so much more on playerprofiler.com today. The game plan is also brought to you today by Sleeper, but more on that later in the show. I've got a great show lined up here today. Of course, we're going to go bargain bin diving. Go look at some players that might be cheap or on your waiver wire for week four. Guys that can help you win. And speaking of winning, some teams just simply aren't doing it. They might be looking at their team going, how the heck is my team one and two or oh and three? We are going to provide some advice today to help you get out of that hole. Get cracking, get those doves because we want to see I want to see you get some doves. I do. I absolutely want to see you get those wins. Also, have some homework. You know I got to come with homework. You got to come with correct homework. You got to put a game plan out there. You got to do some stuff at home to keep yourself busy. Get yourself ready to rock for week four. Let's dive on in to the news and notes segment. Basically, we're going to go over some injuries. Heading into your matchup, it's, you got to know who's playing, who's not, who's who's maybe on the fence. We'll see right now. On Friday, missed practice. Keenan Allen with the hamstring. He will miss his third straight game. Fire up Josh Palmer? Maybe. Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston did not make the trip across the pond. They are ruled out. Jameis is back, and Michael Thomas's toe will not allow them to play in London, baby. DeAndre Swift's shoulder and Amon Ross St. Brown's ankle uh, was a big enough problem that they are ruled out for their week four matchup at home against the Seattle Seahawks. I uh, picked the Lions to win our uh, player profiler survivor pool. 
I'm confident. I'm confident. I don't know if I said that confidently enough. But anyway, let's keep it. Uh, let's keep this train going. Hunter Renfro will miss a second straight game with a concussion. Mac Hollins, anyone? Balled out last week. Let's see if he can make it two in a row. David Montgomery, he's dealing with an ankle and knee issue. He's already been ruled out. Fire up Khalil Herbert. 150 yards on the ground last week. Two tubbies. He's going to look to bounce back in a big way for a second straight week against the New York football giants. And if you already, uh, if you, Khalil Herbert's already picked up. He was the hottest wave wire pickup this past week. But go ahead and look at your wire and see if Tristan Ebner's there. He's pretty much a carbon copy of uh, Khalil Herbert. And he is now the guy that's going to get some some love after Herbert with, with Montgomery out. So you're going to want him on your roster. Limited practices at the end of the week. Jacoby Myers with his knee. He's trending in the right direction, but I'm avoiding. I would avoid. I don't like this matchup. For him in Green Bay, I don't like this matchup having to be tethered to uh, Brian Hoyer. You know, Mac Jones has also been ruled out as teammates quarterback. Um, you could do better than playing Jacoby Myers. I'm not a. I don't think that's going to be a great play uh, this week. Zay Jones, his ankle, uh, it, it it seemed to be a problem. He missed some practice this week, but Doug Peterson, his head coach, is optimistic. And given the uh, the next step that the Jaguars have taken in their offense, T Law, if you believe in him. You can keep believing on Zay Jones. He remains a good deep league play. Dalton Schultz's knee. Jerry Jones says he expects him to play. Um, I don't know what that means. Jerry Jones says a lot of things. But he, uh, I would avoid if possible uh, if you have another option at tight end. Coming back, I don't know how he's going to feel. I don't know exactly what his usage will be. Uh, his teammate, who we'll talk about in a second, is making his return. So if you can, go go. Go the opposite way. Don't play Donald Schultz. Uh, Julio Jones and his teammate Chris Godwin, they are true game-time decisions. They play in Sunday night football. So if you are going to ride it out with either of those receivers, you need to have contingency plans. You need to have a Russell Gage or grab, I don't know, a Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Nicole Hardman if they're available. Uh, Monday night football, you could look to see, I don't know, with Ben Skoranek, maybe. Uh, I don't know. You're looking at some pretty desperate options if you're going to ride it out to see if Julio and uh, Mr. Godwin play on Sunday. I would probably uh, plan for something else. DJ Shark, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. DJ Shark, dude, dude, I can't help it. I'm sorry, I can't help it. What do you want me to do? Oh, what do you want me to do? DJ Shark, his ankle, he's expected to play, and he will be a great boom bups, boom or bust option, especially with Amon Ross St. Brown out. We're going to talk a little bit more about this offensive situation later in the show. Stud running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Cordero Patterson. That's right. I said Cordero Patterson. He's been a stud. Let's call a spade a spade or call a stud a stud. All three of those guys will, uh, they're looking like they're going to play. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, the, the lingo used was attempt to play. Alvin Kamara is expected to play in England. He's going to have uh, that game over there against the Minnesota Vikings. He's expected to play. And Cordero Patterson is showing positive signs after getting in a limited practice on Friday after two DNPs, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, you're going to play all three of them if they are active. Full practices. Here's the good news, everybody. Some bad news. Now let's get it to the good news. Full practices for TJ Hawkinson with that foot issue. He is off the uh Injury report, and like I said, there'll be a lot of vacated targets going into that game in week four. Dalvin Cook popped that shoulder right back into place, and he is going to go into Sunday with no injury designation. Melvin Gordon, his neck, uh, he played, he practiced full on Friday, so he will play on Sunday, uh, much to the chagrin of Javante Williams 
team builders. Greg Dortch, Greg Dortch, the torch. His back is feeling good, and he is going to play, which is good because his teammate wide receiver A.J. Green is out, and Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown are questionable. So if you've been relying on the torch, keep relying on the torch. He should burn bright this week. Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, and A.J. Dillon are off the report and will play Sunday at home against the Patriots. Jonathan Taylor's toe, he actually missed his first practice basically since Pee Wee football, which is pretty incredible for a guy at that position coming in week in and week out, getting all his practices in. But he did miss uh, earlier in the week. Not a big deal. He is a full go for this week. Damian Pierce, his hip, he is also off the injury report. Great week, uh, week three. I had him as a homework assignment. Uh, I hope you. it, it was tough to probably uh, try to make a move for him because he had a great game, but he did not step up much uh, usage in the, the past game. So I don't know if he's really worth buying at that tippy-top price that you're going to have to get him at. So, uh, But anyway, he will play. He'll be awesome. You're going to play him. Michael Gallup. Let's go, Mr. Gallup. That knee injury seems to be behind him, and he will make his 2023 debut, which is awesome. We like to see that. J.K. Dobbins is getting better uh, in that department, so we're excited to see him with a full go, uh, you know. And as he ramps up, he will be more and more uh, trustworthy for your fantasy managers. James Connors knee, he's also a full go off the injury report. So if you were turning to uh, Mr. Eno Benjamin, probably pump the brakes on that because James Connors back and James Connors should be a full go. That's going to wrap up the injury updates here heading into week four. Uh, let's go ahead and dive right on into the, the, the segment this week. I didn't really have a title. Couldn't really come up with anything cool. Uh, so let's just go with Don't Call It a Comeback. Because, hey, I like comebacks. It was a cool song. Don't Call It a Comeback, LL Cool J. If your team is 0-3, 1-2, first of all, wipe your tears away. It's okay. It's still early. You can still get back into the thick, thick of things. Okay, you just got to do, you guys, you just got to do the work. Okay, ladies and gents, fantasy football, sometimes it takes some work to keep it going, to keep being successful. And I got some tips here for all you team builders who have a, a real loser of a team heading into week four, 0 and 3, 1 and 2. So basically, the first thing you got to do, okay, is you got to diagnose what kind of loser team your team is. I know that sounds harsh, but let's call a spade a spade. If you're 0 and 3, you're 1 and 2, you got a loser team. But you can fix it. It's still early. You can fix it. So here are some of the different uh, situations you may have found your team in. Uh, I got four different. We'll break them down each each by each if your team falls in this category. Listen up because you're going to want to uh, get this information. So the first thing that your loser team, the category I should say that your loser team could fall in is a bad luck. Right? It happens. People don't like to say it. Bad luck happens in any type of competition when there are winners and there are losers. You can just simply have bad luck so maybe your team's scoring a bunch and you know but you just ran into two goliaths you know two teams whether they're better than yours or not put up massive massive weeks and you're behind the eight ball you, you know you got that l so you're looking at your team you're zero and three one and two but you're scoring a lot first of all this is going to take the least amount of work obviously you don't have as much of a hole to dig yourself out of because your team is looking pretty good you can go on a winning streak of three in a row and find yourself right there at 500 so stick to your process the players you liked in the offseason or in week one and week two, stick to it. If you wanted, if you went zero RB, don't pivot and trade all your best receivers for running backs or vice versa. Stick to the plan, right? We talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? Stay in the pocket. Stay, 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 stay nimble. Stay pliable, as Tom Brady will call it. So stick to your process, okay? Because if you're putting up the points, the wins will come. 
And I would say mainly treat your team like you're 3-0, right? I know that sounds kind of productive if you're 0-3, but go about your trades, go about your waiver wire ads as if you're 3-0 because uh, you could be easily 3-3 three and three, uh, in three weeks if your team's looking good. So basically just look for win-now trades, I would say. Uh, even though you're not winning now, you can still look to bolster up that team, you know, try to do some two-for-ones, maybe get some bench players. You're going to take a couple of those, consolidate them. I like to call it sharpening the edge of your sword. Uh, you know, you kind of just hit that the hammer down on the iron, hit it down, hit it down to get that real sharp edge of your sword. So you just keep hammering, consolidating your team, keep working because uh, things will probably, you know, turn in your favor if your team's been good. And you know this better than I do by looking at your roster and how many points you score. Last bit of advice if you've had some bad luck is try to take advantage of the upcoming schedule. For example, Amari Cooper, uh, he has some soft matchups coming up. So if you're, if you're, if you're happy with one of your receivers, but maybe his matchups aren't as good, make that swap because you need to win some games now. Be okay with playing some, uh, maybe some lesser talented guys, you could say, but they have great schedules and they may, uh, you know, really excel in the upcoming weeks because you got to get those wins. You got to get yourself back to 500. So if your team's in good shape, you feel like you're confident in your roster, don't do a whole lot, stick to your process, uh, and, and go ahead to try to just take advantage of some of those uh upcoming schedules to to really get yourself locked in over the next month or so the next way the next category of bad team uh is exactly that it's just a bad team uh you know you haven't been able to score you're just getting you know you're getting absolutely uh dog walked by your opponent you're just getting beat around maybe even some weeks your opponent's not scoring much but you're scoring less so you're still losing this is obviously going to cause the most work you got to you're in scramble mode but what i would recommend is raising your scoring floor how do you do that well you do that with players that maybe not have uh super high highs but they also have a lot less lows and we'll talk about a player like that here in a minute you want to make sure that even when all your team's not firing in all cylinders you're still allowing your your, your baseline of scoring some names that come to mind i i'm particularly in a 14 team league and I drafted these guys and they're sitting on my bench and my team is two and one, but I don't, I'm not like uber confident in it. And I'm going to have to look to potentially trim some of the fat, you know, guys like Kenneth Gainwell, Isaiah Pacheco, Tyler Algier, Rashad white. Uh, it doesn't feel good, but it, it can be effective. I would also say, try to make some swing for the fence traits, you know, take some hacks up there, go for the long ball. You got to do it. You, it, it. It doesn't always feel great to give up players that you were confident in a month ago, but you got to swing for the fences because you got to uh, get those wins now. You don't want to be 0 and 5. It's all, you're already in a hole in which it's going to be tough to climb out of. And swing for the fences can maybe help you do that. Some trade targets. Uh, first of all, if you're swinging for the fences, a guy that I, I, I think you should trade for, he's actually just coming up in the chat now, DJ Moore. Okay. His price right now is six feet under. It's so, so low. Um, and his upside is still there. I mean, we're talking about a guy with three straight years of 1,200 total yards, uh, a perennial wide receiver two. Baker's not the answer. Everyone has seen the clip by now of uh, get open for Baker. I've seen a lot of videos. You know what? Sidebar here. If we are, where are all my DJ, DJ Moore fans at? Uh, we need a band together. Put together a tape, just like Odell's dad did, and get and get him out. I mean, come on, the, the Baker's not the answer. But you know, I think that given his his stock, it's at an all time low. Uh, you could get him virtually for free. And guess what? If it doesn't work out, you got like I said, you're swinging for the fences. You now you got to get yourself out of that hole. So a guy like DJ Moore is someone worth absolutely taking a shot on because the price tag is so so low. Then another target I would recommend is a guy like Josh Jacobs. 
he's not sexy. I mean, he is. I can't emphasize how unsexy he is as a fantasy asset, but he's got a good floor. You look at his scoring, he's right around uh, eight points in week one, nine points in week two, on um, 14.7 last week. Um, and he just hasn't really got going yet. But again, he presents such a solid RB2 floor that, and I don't think he's been. Uh, he hasn't been doing well enough that your league mate is going to hoard him or or be unreasonable for trading him away. Who rosters Jacobs is flexing him or maybe even benching him because he's hasn't really been firing. But over the course of his career, I think we've kind of gotten comfortable saying that his floor is pretty solid. And this is the type of RB that you're going to want on your team as you're building up some maybe more boom guys. You know, you like I said, swing for the fences. But a guy like Jacobs says your RB2 presents such a good floor for you. And going forward, so I a couple of targets DJ Moore, Josh Jacobs, there's plenty of others, but yeah, t- keep these principles in mind. Raise your scoring floor, trim the fat on your roster if if you can, and swing for the fences and make some big trades. Another category that your bad team could fall under is bad management. Right? Let's 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 look in the mirror here, everybody. Uh, is it your fault? Is it? It could be. Don't stop. Hey, hey, there's no shame in admitting if it's your fault if you're being a bad manager. It's okay. Maybe you're not selecting the right players. Me, I can admit it. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Matty Kiboom, and I have been a bad manager. In my long-running home league, the Golden Pony Fantasy Football Experience, uh, I have a grouping of RB2s, of, like Ramondre Stevenson, Chase Edmonds, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Javante Williams, uh, Antonio Gibson. So I have this grouping, and I just can't seem to play the right ones. Uh, so one thing that you can do is consolidate, right? I mentioned a minute ago, sharpen that sword, sharpen your edges, consolidate your team, take two for one, give a guy who uh, maybe can have the luxury of taking on extra players and really bolster up in, in the short term and get some better players. Um, and also what it helps you do is remove choices. Sometimes um, having the ability to choose between players can actually be a detriment to the success of your fantasy team. So, you know, take those guys, group them together, get maybe a better player here, consolidate there. All of a sudden, you're not really having to make choices. You have your everyday players, your every week players, and those guys go on in. And again, I would target a high floor. Obviously, sprinkle in some boom players. But if you're mismanaging and you can, you know, kind of turn it around by making the right choices, you don't want to swing for the fences as much as a team that has just a low-scoring dud uh, that they're dealing with. You want to uh, obviously target high floor guys because, like I said, you need to get those that point total up week by week to get those wins on a consistent basis. But you don't need to go uh, swing for, or, you know, swing the bat as hard. You don't have to swing for the fences as much if your team just flat out stinks. So sprinkle in uh, some good floor guys, some boom guys, but again, try to raise that that floor. Uh, the last category is something that truthfully, it's just uh, in seasonal leagues, there's really nothing you can do, and that's bad health. Maybe you drafted Trey Lance, you're dealing with De- a DeAndre Swift injury or Amon Ra injury or the Don Schultz injury. Maybe you drafted George Kittle and that, you know, he hasn't really got going. He just made his debut last week. Uh, there's really not much you can do. You kind of at this point in seasonal leagues, because in Dynasty, right, you can plan for the future. You can get younger players, draft picks, etc. But in seasonal where that's not an option, you just got to swing for the fences. Hail Mary's galore, everybody. Just start chucking out there because there's really not much you can do. And if you are injured, uh, you know, dealing with the injury bug, kind of tr- take maybe one of your better players. Uh, I know this sounds this kind of stinks uh, to do, but take one of your better players and get two. So in the other, you know, in the bad team possibility, you're looking to take two and get one. But if you're injury plagued, you got to take that one and get two. So maybe uh, there's two teams in your league 
with this type of characteristics and you guys can link up because now you need to bolster, you need to fatten that roster because if you're dealing with injuries in seasonal leagues, you can't always turn to the waiver wild to solve your problems. If you're in a deeper format, especially there's not always that, that answer sitting over you sitting there on the other side of the free agent market. So I know you have to do it sometimes, take one of your better players and then sell them for multiple players and kind of fill out that roster, kind of get a better flex and also downgrade a little bit at wide receiver. Sell your quarterback, get a better tight end and downgrade a little bit at quarterback. Things of that nature, because if you can't do anything about it and in seasonal leagues, like Trey Lance has zero value. You probably already dropped them uh, because you're not looking for next year. So that makes it really, really tough to be patient with a team like that. And you just kind of have to... Um, like I said, fatten that roster. So to recap, you got a good team, bad luck, kind of stick to your process, okay? Act like you're winning because truthfully, we could be back doing the show in a month. Okay, Potfellow, don't let me go. I, I got to check in with these people in a month. You might be looking at three and three. If you're a bad team, then you just you got you to raise that floor, trim the fat, swing for the fences. Go ahead and get you some, some big-time trade operations. Be that annoying guy or girl in your league. It's fine. Let's do it. It stinks, but they'll understand. They'll love you anyway. Bad management, first of all, be better. Just kidding. Can't just say that. But anyway, consolidate and and again raise that 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 floor, that scoring floor. And bad health. Go out there, take one of your premier players, turn it into multiple players, fatten that roster, and really bolster up to try to get some wins here in the near future. So that's gonna wrap up the the don't call it a comeback segment. Um, I'm really curious to 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 hear back for some of you guys listening. So, you know, hit me up on Twitter, hit us up in the uh, player profile discord. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show, but yeah, I'm really curious to see how, uh, if any of you guys are able to dig yourself out of a one, two or Oh three hole. The next segment is a familiar one. It's uh it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a fan favorite. Okay. Let's call it what it is. We're, today's episode is all about calling spades, spades, I guess, but we're going to do some bargain bin shopping. Some guys that can help you this week in week four, uh, again, if your team's 0-3 or 1-2, this is definitely looking like uh, a segment you should gravitate towards because some of these guys that are available, stick them in your lineups, you not you might not be excited about it, but they can help you get them dubs. Uh, we go position by position. One guy is about half rostered, half unrostered. The other one is pretty much universally unrostered. And we're going to go and start with our quarterbacks. First one. He's a familiar favorite. Uh, we've talked about him before. We've talked about him. If you're uh, subscribing to the Player Profile Network, listen to different shows, people are pretty high on this guy, and I am as well. Jared Goff. Um, he is losing his pass catcher in Amon Ra, but I still believe in the offense as a whole, and I do believe in them getting it done home against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he's about 50% rostered. He's 5,900 on DraftKings, 7,600 on FanDuel. Playerprofile.com has him at quarterback 12. I have him at quarterback 12 as well. The game is a 48 over under, and Detroit are three and a half point favorites at home. That number has come down given the injuries. I still believe that he's going to be good. He's been quarterback 11, believe it or not, on a points per game basis. He is top 10 in a number of important metrics. He has 974 air yards. That's good for QB7. He's got 6.9 adjusted yards per attempt. That's ninth on the year. And he has 0.50 fantasy points per dropback. That is QB10. He's great in the red zone. He's got a 63.3% red zone completion percentage and a 9.1 red zone accuracy rating. Both of those uh, scale, uh, both of those make him uh, top 10 
top seven even at the position. In Seattle, they're just really not good at defending the pass. 31st in pass DVOA, and Detroit also is fit in pace of play. So uh, even with the injuries, you know, get that thing going. Let's get it cooking. He can be an option that you want to turn to, Mr. Jared Goff, on Sunday. And you will notice one thing about this segment. Uh, there's a pattern. Okay, to say the least, there's a few games here that we're attacking on some of our bargain bin players. It's not a widely diverse array of matchups that we're going after. There's really a particular few, and uh, I think that it will present for some possibilities for us here as we search deep, deep in the bargain bin. The next QB is Jacoby Brissett. He is in ATL against the Falcons. He's about 12% rostered, 5,500 on DraftKings, 6,800 on FanDuel. Play a profiler has him at QB 11. I am at QB 15, but we're both pretty excited about Brissett this weekend. 47 and a half over under. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for two teams who aren't necessarily considered juggernauts. So getting close to that 50-point thresh mark is very encouraging here. It's indoors at Atlanta, so we don't have to worry about the weather. I know weather's been a problem. We're in Massachusetts. I, I record Massachusetts, and we are dealing with some really crappy weather. You know, we're in October now. My kids got a cold. My wife's got a cold. So, you know, everyone's going through that. But this, you don't have to worry about it. It is in nice indoor arena. They are – Cleveland Browns are one-point uh, underdogs. He or oh, one point favorites on the road, so basically pick them, uh, which is fine. It's really not a big a deal here because if the over under presents a, a possible shootout situation, we'll take that for sure. Atlanta's pasty, they present the sixth best matchup for quarterbacks. They are four point eight four points over the mean. They are twenty fourth in past DVOA. Fantasy point and Jacoby my uh, Jacoby Brissett's fantasy points has increased week by week, so he is showing the ability to get better week in and week out. He's got a fifty percent deep ball completion percentage, which is good for four. He's got a seventy four point four percent true completion percentage, which is number seven out of qualifying quarterbacks, and he actually has a sneaky rushing ability. Uh, 4.3 carries a game is number 10. 21.3 rushing yards a game is also good for QB 10. And in a game where the, we could see the uh, over-under approach 50, that's something you're going to want in a desperate situation. Let's move on to the running backs. First guy is a familiar name. We've talked about him in the past, but he still remains pretty unrostered, so he is going to make the bargain bin player list yet again. I'm talking about sexy Rexy Burkhead, baby. He is at home against the L.A. Chargers. He's 31% rostered, 4,900 on DraftKings, 5,100 on FanDuel. Player profile has ranked at running back 40. I got him at running back 41. The over-under is at 45 in Houston. Our home dogs, six points. They're getting six points, okay? Now, the Chargers, they have been decent against running backs, but they are the third most advantageous matchup against pass-catching running backs. And we have talked about this before. Rex Burkhead remains the pass-catching running back option for the Houston Texans. Uh, he got all 15 third down and two-minute drill snaps in week three. He had 50 on the season now. Uh, Rex Burkett has 58 total routes run. That's 12th amongst qualified running backs. He has 16 targets and a 15.5 target share. Both of those are top eight at the position. The over-under and the spread continues to creep up because Herbert is seeming, we got reports out of LA, he had no setbacks in week three. He's logging in, limited practices, seeming ready to go uh, on Sunday. And, you know, for an injury like his, 
where it's a pain tolerance thing. Uh, the more and more reps he gets with the injury, the more and more confident he'll make uh, he'll have in making all the throws. We saw him make an absolutely ridiculous throw. So if Justin Herbert is good to go, Vegas believes he's good to go. That over under keeps going up, and that spread keeps widening. Uh, it just again as home dogs creates a situation now where the Texans could be in catch up mode and catch up mode. It made me think of hot dogs. Gonna catch up on my hot dogs. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm we won't talk about it here on today's show. But yeah, Rex Burkett. Back to let's get back to the the real thing. Rex Burkett. Yeah, if you need him and he's available, I think you can get some a good little four out of him this week. I think he, uh, you know, 10 fantasy points in PPR formats. I think that's completely doable for sexy Rexy. The next running back here is a bit of a contentious type of player that some here at player, player profile are excited about and some are not. And I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend from a college I've never heard of, Craig Reynolds. Again, right? We're talking about a few matchups here throughout Craig Reynolds, just like uh, Jared Goff, obviously, is playing home against the Seattle Seahawks. He's 5% rostered, 4,700 on DraftKings, 5,100 on DK. com has him ranked as running back 41. I got him at running back 45. So we both have him as top 45 plays. Uh, so in the over-under of 48 is still good. You know, I talked about all the game factors a minute ago with Goff. Those obviously all remain uh, here with Reynolds. Now, Swift and Brown being out is huge. I mean, it is huge for opportunity. 41.7% of the targets are vacated. They're gone with those two players, and they're going to have to come somewhere. Is Josh Reynolds going to get some? Of course. Is DJ Shark? Don't do it. Don't do it. Is he going to get some targets? Of course. TJ Hawkinson will. Uh, Jamal Williams will probably get the lion's share of work, but Craig Reynolds has proven. If you watch Hard Knocks, they like him. They like He's got that dog in him, right? Cody always talks about the dog in players, and he's got that dog in him. And they're going to give him opportunities to play, and I think he could actually take advantage of those. He's done it here in the past. He averaged 10.9 fantasy points a game when he was averaging 52.2% snap share in 2021. That was a three-game span. And Seattle is 21st in rush DVOA, which is great for Williams. But given the, the work that I believe Craig Reynolds will see, if you're in a bind at running back, you know, and you're looking real desperate and he's sitting out there, I think you could do a lot worse than the lawyer, Craig Reynolds. I don't know if that's his nickname, but maybe it should be Craig Reynolds, right? Doesn't that sound like, I don't know. Either way, let's move on to the next guy. Another familiar name. Someone we talked about just last week, but he's still widely available. So we're going to talk about him again. We're talking about Richie James. He is at home against the Chicago Bears, 20% rostered, 4,000 on DraftKings. 5,500 on FanDuel. Player profile has him at wide receiver 34. Uh, I have him at wide receiver 33. So we're both pretty excited about the prospects of Richie James. Over under of 39.5 is Garbaggio. But it's okay because there's no Wondell Robinson, no Kadarius Toney, no Sterling Shepard. He is the only receiver on the roster, I believe, that has a 10-point fantasy scoring game this season. Uh, the matchup isn't great. They are 27th best matchup for opposing receivers, the Bears are, and the low-scoring affair isn't great either, but he is averaging uh, you know, just under 10 points a game this year. Like I mentioned, he has actually scored double digits twice. He's the only receiver on the roster to do so, and... He's Rick James, bitch. Get him in. Why not? You need him. 
he has real potential to be a top 30 receiver this week, given the lack of pass catchers on this team. Everything can't go to, to uh, Saquon Barkley. Richard James, get him in your lineup if you're absolutely desperate. The next receiver, Nico Collins. Again, we're, ta- we're just tackling the same matchups here. He's got the LA Chargers uh, 22% rostered, 4,000 on DraftKings, 5,300 on FanDuel. He is 51st uh, in the wide receiver position on playerprofile.com. I got him at 52. We're pretty lockstep there. Again, we talked about the game factors with Rex Burkhead, so I won't dive into that again, Uh, but he's got a great matchup. Chargers are the sixth best matchup for wide receivers, and he is projected to face Michael Davis. Cody Carpentier has him ranked as cornerback 76. Also, side note, if you're not looking at Cody's cornerback rankings, he's just not doing it right. I mean, the fact that you can now have uh, an index to gauge who your wide receivers are facing off against on a weekly basis is such valuable information. So make sure you check that out on playerprofile.com. And Mr. Davis, he's ranked at 76 because he's really not good at covering. Uh, He's got a minus 22.7 coverage rating. Not good. And my man, Nico, he's got big play potential. He's got a 15.6 yards per reception this year. That is good enough to make him wide receiver 20 in that metric. So it might not take volume for him to reach that that scoring level that you need uh, on your team. So if you're in desperate need of a flex or a wide receiver, go ahead and get yourself a little Nico Collins for week four. Let's uh, keep power. Let's just keep power to throw, right? Let's just keep it moving and we'll talk about some tight ends. I uh, mention it every single week, and I think it bears uh, it needs to be repeated once again. Tight ends, the streaming capabilities are just so high. You don't know who is going to be the one to score this week. So these bargain bin tight ends can be the difference of winning and losing in your fantasy matchup. First guy I'd like to talk about, David Njoku. Uh, he is on the road against Atlanta. Uh, if I like the quarterback, this is a, a reason why for sure. He's 59% rostered. He's 3,700 on DraftKings and 5,700 on FanDuel. Playerprofiler.com has him at tight end 14. I got him at tight end 10. The over-under of 47 and a half in the Cleveland down, uh, giving a point on the road. We talked about why that could be important with Jacoby Brissett. And Atlanta is just simply getting destroyed by opponents passing attacks. Uh, they give up 14.6 more points over the mean. Uh, and tight end specifically, They're not that great either. They're the sixth most advantageous matchup for opposing tight ends. And David Njoku is coming off the best game of his season, where he went nine catches for 89 yards and a tubby. Uh, That's 23.9 fantasy points. Uh, Kevin Stefanski made a comment after the game that the the use of Njoku wasn't necessarily part of uh, the game plan. It's just when he said when when the when it calls for it or whatever they'll give it to him but i think it's tough to put the cat back in the bag when you have a guy as talented as Njoku. um uh, you know you can't throw everything to amari cooper uh but as someone who rosters amari cooper i would love it if that trend continues but uh at javen david Njoku as that number two pass catcher for cleveland in a game that has a sneaky shootout potential uh fire him up absolutely fire him up i'm ready to play him uh pretty much anywhere unless you roster one of the the big dogs right uh, the next tight end I am less excited about, but we're going to talk about it anyway, is Evan Ingram. <laughs> I just feel so dirty advising anyone to play Evan Ingram, given what he's done over his career. But he's talented. And again, he's part of this Jacksonville offense now with T-Law. If we believe in T-Law, we can believe in Evan Ingram to some degree. Uh, he's at the Eagles. He's 22% rostered. 
3,400 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel. Uh, he is uh, tight end 20 on playprofile.com. I got him at tight end 18. So, again, we're pretty locked up there. The over-under has come down a bit, uh, maybe because the defenses of both these teams have played well. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. But at 45 and a half in Jacksonville are uh, road dogs at six and a half points. Um, so potential catch-up for sure uh, is in store. But it's not necessarily a great matchup. Like I said, the Eagles' defense has been pretty dang good. And I just mentioned a second ago, the over-under keeps coming down. The defense has been great, but I don't know. You get Jalen Hurts the way he's been playing in that Eagles offense versus T-Law and how the Jacksonville offense has been looking. I think that 45-and-a-half seems low. Uh, but Vegas, you know, they got the Sharps on their side, so maybe they're right. But I'm going to I'm gonna err to the side of no caution. I'm throwing caution to the wind, baby. Throw it out there. I'm letting my hair down in the breeze. And I'm going to ride out with the players that are playing in this game because I think as absolutely can can exceed that over-under. And tight end is a crapshoot. It is, simply put. It's an absolute crapshoot. And my man Ingram does have one game with eight targets. And in a game that I believe can be an over-under, uh, that can exceed the over-under that Vegas puts out, you could do worse, I guess, than Evan Ingram. You'd have to be in a bind. Uh, there are better options, David Joko being one. But if you are late to the punch, you're late to the party, and all the tight end pickups are all picked up, Evan Ingram may not be as ugly of a uh, of an option as people would tend to think. So that's going to wrap up the bargain bin players for week four. We got Jared Goff, Jacoby Brissett, Rex Burkhead, Craig Reynolds, Rick James, bitch, Nico Collins, David Njoku, and Evan Ingram. Before we get to the homework segment, I want to talk to you about the absolute best platform to play fantasy football. You already know that I'm talking about Sleeper, baby. I have moved all of my leagues to the Sleeper app because it is easy to use and completely customizable. Believe me, the jabronis that I play fantasy with, if they can do it, if they can operate on Sleeper, you can do it as well. And now, Sleeper is hosting weekly games. That little dollar sign that you see under your players, that's a player prop that you can actually play every single week. That's right. Sleeper is allowing you to play props on the players you know best. And if you want to use a promo code, we got a promo code for you. Just use it. Uh, it's Underworld. So our promo code is Underworld to get a deposit match up to $100 to play the weekly prop games. Uh, if So use player uh, use Sleeper for all of your, all your leagues. Dynasty, best ball, seasonal, doesn't matter. Move all your leagues to Sleeper. And if you want to play their awesome new prop games, you can get a deposit match up to 100 beans, baby. Just use that promo code Underworld. So this week, the homework segment, is coming with some reading material. That's right. I actually have something for you guys to read. Uh, I have the very first uh, installment of the 2022 Fantasy Supermarket article, three players that you should trade for. So I would like you guys to check it out. Do your boy a favor. Check it out. Read it and, and go ahead and try to acquire one of these three players. I, I'll reveal one here. Okay. Uh, Javante Williams presents an, a buy window that I think teams should be excited about and players should go after. Uh, I won't reveal the other two. You're going to have to check it out. But what I want you to do is after you read it, try it. Try it out. Try to make the trade for them. Go out there in your league. Try to acquire one of these players. And I want you to let me know about it. Let me know on Twitter. Uh, uh, or, or, or better yet, here, join the Player Profiler Discord chat. Discord has been on Fire. I mean, we are talking fantasy football 24-7 there. 
and you and I'm on there. So if if you li- read the article, you're listening to this very show. Go out and make sure you sign up for that Discord. Uh, you can find it by clicking on any of the player profiler pages on playerprofile.com. You can see our little join our Discord uh, icon there, right across from the QB or, or the player rankings, right next to the workout metrics. Join the Discord or find me on Twitter and let me know if you've had any success getting any of these players and what their current price tags are. So that's your homework assignment. Read my article, shameless plug. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to do it. Just check it out and see what you can do by trading for those plays. And let me know on Twitter or better yet, the player profiler discord. And my final thought before I say bye-bye to all my lovely listeners, take advantage of the fantasy football industrial complex. And what do I mean by that? When the ev- when everyone is echoing a particular uh, sentiment, whether you agree with it or not, it's not about the premise. Because uh, most often than not, you know, the, 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 the smart people in the community, and there are a ton of really, really smart people, if they're in consensus, you may agree with, the, with their take. But it also presents an incredible opportunity to buy low in your league. Because if you're playing fantasy football in a league where, you know, probably most of your league mates are consuming this content that's out there, they are going to feel the way that these, these uh, you know, these groups are, are, are talking. And last year, for instance, here's an example. It would, the, the echo was to sell James Robinson. Sell him uh, in the beginning part of the year. And I think a lot of people in their leagues were trying to sell, even at a low discount, potentially. And you could have bought a bona fide running back one or two at a discount price. And, and just gamble to see if, if people are right or if they're wrong. They're not always right, even if they are the smartest in the industry. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like... Some names that come to mind, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's a screaming sell, and I, I, I agree. But if you are in need of a running back, you could do worse than trading for the guy who's the current running back two on a high-powered offense at a discount. So just use these, these opportunities when the whole community is echoing a particular premise. Like I said, doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. Go against it every so often because if we're all wrong, you may benefit from it. And you could have a guy who finishes in the top 15 at a particular position and you got him at a discounted price when you probably shouldn't have because his performance did not dictate selling low. But because everyone's saying to get rid, get rid, get rid, they kind of panic and get rid. You know, they can get rid of that player. So just, if you can, take advantage of the fantasy football industrial complex and you may benefit from that big time. That's going to wrap up episode four of The Game Plan. Please follow me on Twitter. I am at Maddie Keywoom. Check out my article coming out right when I said the fantasy supermarket is dropping on playerprofiler.com. Everybody, go ahead and uh, tune in next week. I'd really appreciate it if you keep rocking with me. And I'm going to take a little bit of piece of uh, advice from my man, Jamal Williams, who's projected to have a pretty good week this week. If you're going to piss like a puppy, stay on the porch and let the big dogs eat. I'm Maddie Keywoom. I'm out. Peace.